0: Wouldn't you want your your brother to do this, your dad, your uncle, your partner? Wouldn't you want the men in your life to have the same benefit from this practice that you do? And that's what it's about.
1: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Dharma Talk. I'm your host, Henry Winslow, and this is episode number 70. You just heard from ex-professional surfer and black belt martial artist Dustin Brown, and you'll be hearing a lot more from him very soon. But first, I would like to say my thank you to Kyle Hedden for making a donation to support Dharma Talk. Thank you so much for your contribution. It really helps, and I always appreciate these donations. If you'd ever like to make a donation to support Dharma Talk and keep this podcast up and running, you can do that at henrywins.com slash Dharma Talk there's a little paypal button and it's very simple now let's talk about dustin on the one hand dustin's story is totally stereotypical especially for the men out there listening to this podcast it will be very relatable but on the other hand he's totally exceptional dustin is an ex-professional surfer he went on to obsess over brazilian jiu-jitsu and Moving through all of these practices perfectly set him up to live his dream life, meaning comfort in his body, exploration of his mind, and ultimately a life of service, sharing these practices with people who might otherwise not ever consider it. That's become a big part of his mission these days, particularly as it relates to sharing yoga with men, encouraging more men to get on the yoga mat. He himself was quite resistant to it, Um, If it were not for his now wife, then girlfriend, he might never have given it a shot, but as he will explain in his own words, it has radically transformed his life. So that's why he feels this obligation to get more people to give it a go. In this conversation, you're going to hear from Dustin on being given permission and freedom to live his dream life at the most unexpected time and circumstance you'll hear why Dustin used to refuse to say namaste as a student in class, and why he's now very intentional with his language as a teacher. He talks about how the Boys of Yoga movement is helping to break down social barriers, keeping men from enjoying the benefits of yoga. And finally, he shares a bit, as it relates to his personal practice, about setting priorities as a multifaceted movement practitioner following your own waves of passion and interest, and ultimately integrating across disciplines. All of that is coming up very soon. Please just stay tuned through these announcements, and we'll dive into my interview with Dustin Brown. Hey, yogis. If you've been listening to Dharma Talk for some time now, then you've no doubt heard me talk about my upcoming anniversary yoga and pizza party, happening at Lighthouse Yoga School on August 17th. To celebrate having gone vegan one year ago, I'm hosting a two-hour yoga class, followed by a pizza party with delicious plant-based food from some of my favorite vegan restaurants and vegan brands. Screamer's Pizzeria will be catering. We'll also have dessert from Koku, which is a coconut-based ice cream, and samples from Keats Co. Plant Bites. There'll be a couple other brands there as well, raffling off prizes. And 25% of the proceeds from the whole event will go to Woodstock Farm Sanctuary, which saves animals from industrial slaughter and gives them a loving home for the rest of their life in upstate New York. Now, I wanted to drum up some more excitement for this event and share in the fun, share in the love with people who are not in New York City. So follow me on Instagram, and tomorrow I will be announcing a big giveaway. Someone in New York City is going to win a free ticket to the event. And someone anywhere in the continental U.S. is going to win a prize package with gifts from all of these contributing brands. So again, follow me on Instagram. It's at HenryWins. And keep an eye out for the post. It will go out on Friday morning, August 2nd, and the giveaway will run through August 4th. Good luck. Apart from the anniversary event, I've also got rocket yoga workshops coming up at Pure Yoga West in New York City, a handstand workshop at Lighthouse Yoga School, and travel dates set for Austin and Dallas, Texas, Bucerias, Mexico, and my hometown, Richmond, Virginia. So if that's of interest, please head on over to henrywinds.com events and sign up. What's your purpose? What's your vision? What mark will you leave on this planet long after you're gone? I'm Henry Winslow, and you're listening to Dharma Talk, the only podcast where I interview inspirational yogis on how they're changing the world in their own unique ways. Whether you're still searching for your purpose or already walking the path, I hope these stories get you excited to live your dharma. Hello, Dharma Talk community, and welcome back to another episode. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with my new friend, Dustin Brown. Dustin is the visionary and founder behind Warrior One Yoga, bespoke Bayside Yoga Studios in Australia. Now a dedicated yogi, Vedic meditator, and wellness warrior, Dustin grew up in Kauai, Hawaii, and first traveled the world as a professional surfer. Also, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, both athlete and coach Dustin brings a background in martial arts to his yoga practice as well through these complementary practices Dustin has found strength flexibility increased recovery body awareness and an overall balanced lifestyle Dustin is an ambassador for the global brand lululemon athletica and also boys of yoga a global movement helping to bring more guys to the yoga mat Dustin this is awesome i'm so happy that you're on here um and i'm ha- also happy to hear that despite the wi-fi challenges of living in australia we're able to make this happen so how are you doing
0: good thank you so much for having me on yeah the internet's slow but the tick everyone is here and willing so no I'm but really slow excited.
1: sometimes sometimes slow means deliberate so we'll we'll just see the positive side of that
0: i like that i
1: like that We always start with the same first question and I know that you've listened to the show, which makes me so happy. Um, so perhaps you're prepared for this, but I'll give you the question. What does the word Dharma mean to you and what is your Dharma as you understand it today?
0: I love this question and I love the answers that everyone, um, that everyone has for me, the word Dharma really speaks to the greater purpose, why we're here and i really like that translation it really i really connect to that and even the word when you say it like that it has a it lands really nicely and has a feeling that goes with it so i feel that yeah it's your the greatest purpose why you're here on this earth it's the reason why you're here and what you're here to do and for me my dharma i believe is is to work through the layers of my own consciousness and through that process I've discovered so much. And I have this strong calling to share what I've learned with others. And that comes to me in a in a natural way. Like I just, I find it so, it's like something I, I truly crave to do. When I learn something new, I just can't keep it inside of myself. I want to share it with others. And they, I love the saying that when... Uh, one person teaches, two people learn. Ah, So I really, really am a subscriber to that because I learn so much whenever I share. So it just solidifies the things that I'm already doing. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So working through the layers of your consciousness. This is something that um, maybe seems natural to a yoga teacher or yoga practitioner, but I understand that it hasn't always been yoga that's been your particular lurk. particular choice of movement modality or even self-exploration modality so has that always been something that you've explicitly considered when it come when it came to your surfing for example or even the the martial arts
0: yeah definitely not it's an, it's something in the last eight to ten years that has really come to the forefront and presented itself before that I growing up in Hawaii my impression of yoga was very negative Like, I always saw it as something that was kind of very different, not aligned with my lifestyle. And the people that I saw doing it were very alternative and, in my mind, like, super weird. I was like, yeah, I I wouldn't want to be one of those weird hippie people. I couldn't do that. And um, I'm so glad that that uh, that perspective had shifted But even through jujitsu, if you told me ten years ago, like even when I first started trying yoga, that oh, you would love, you're gonna love yoga, you're gonna teach it, you're gonna have yoga studios, and it's gonna become like one of the biggest parts of your entire life, I would I would have said, yeah, f off, yeah right, (laughs) buddy, and I would have laughed in your face. So this whole idea of even becoming aware of the levels of consciousness and realizing that oh wait, I'm I'm stuck in a place in this base level of consciousness and living that I don't really want to be. And when I when I move out of that and I move higher and I start to realize that I'm I've been holding myself back and being quite closed in my life. And I start to open and show up into the world, the way the world shows up back and responds is absolutely magical. So yeah, yoga has completely shifted my entire perspective. And yoga and Yoga and meditation, but then I come from a background of surfing and then Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So it's kind of contrasting, but the most beautiful part that I see is that they all complement each other, just like yin and yang and light and dark. The One has to be there so that the other can exist. And I love that I have these tools that allow me a really specific kind of outlet for energies that I have within and a way to then consolidate those Observe those and choose a proper kind of like journey and response from wherever I'm at. I view it as a compass, a way to navigate.
1: Yeah, that's really a, a, a luxury and a powerful um, set of tools to to be able to choose between different uh, practices that you've studied um, both in silos and then also now you've more recently put them together and I want to know more about that. But first I'm interested to hear more about how you, how you broached that gap, you know, cause you said that initially you had a very, um, off putting perspective around yoga. What was it that made you reconsider that or even give it a shot to be able to have your mind changed?
0: It was really, it took a lot of convincing from my wife. Um, and I really think I it was a time in my life where I was ready. So I went from a little bit of my, my background. I grew up in Hawaii, and it was always my dream to be a pro surfer. And I left the islands and moved to L.A., and I was living in Orange County and working there, but constantly pursuing this idea that I wanted to be a pro surfer. And inadvertently, I was moving further and further away from that goal, just by the lifestyle I was living and the jobs I was working. I was working in a the nightclub industry as, as a bartender and I was making great cash. But as you can imagine, extremely late nights and then extremely early morning surfing, they, they don't really work together. And so the universe would have it that I broke my leg extremely badly, couldn't walk for a year. And that was a really dark time in my life. But on the other side of that, as I started to heal, the universe just handed me a sponsorship and literally... For four years, I had this contract that I was a label, it just complete freedom, financial freedom and freedom to travel the world and permission to do that in a really cool way.
1: A sponsorship from a surfing company?
0: Yeah. So I had a really, really amazing deal from a from a friend who I didn't know at the time. It came from the bar world that I was working in. One of my bar regulars happened to own a company. And this just, you know, I was just really nice to this guy for the time that I knew him. And he always came into the bar. And then when I saw him a year later, after having a year off from breaking my leg, he's like, Oh, where have you been? What have you been doing? And I kind of spoke to him and we went surfing and he was out in the water with me. He's like, man, I never knew you could surf like that. I was like, yeah, I told you I was from Hawaii. It's my dream to be a pro surfer. And he literally, he's like, Oh, we need to have a meeting. I, I got, I got some ideas for you. And this amazing man literally hooked it up because I'm, you know, there are surfers that are, amazing and i would say that i'm okay but he really he took me under his wing and just like i'm going to take care of this guy and really looked after me so i'm internally grateful for that man kelly and what he did for me and he really just gave me a, an avenue to go travel into it was just a 180 in my life I was going down that world of Like, as I was saying, like, late nights, working in nightclubs and industry, and then a complete flip to, here, go live your dream. Here's everything you need to do that. Go wild. Go live your dream. That's
1: that's incredible. And, you know, one thing that I take away from that story is that it's much easier. You can always connect the dots in retrospect. But at the time, it may feel like... You know you're working this bar job and you're down on yourself because it's not pursuing it's not furthering you on your, your trajectory that you hope for yourself. But had you not been in that scene, you might not have made that connection, which, as you said, was a major turning point, a huge pivotal moment for you in opening up the possibilities not only as a surfer, but I'm sure you'll get there. But that's going to create all sorts of opportunities to see different things.
0: Hmm. And so fast forward, I went traveling. It was amazing. Three years in, I'm in Australia and I meet a girl. And this is, you know, at a time in my life where I was a pro surfer from Hawaii, the last thing on my mind was a relationship or marriage in any way. And the universe, again, had different ideas. As soon as I met my wife, Nova, it literally was a huge shift, like... We never separated from that point, and we we moved mountains to be together. And so I decided, all right, I'm going to move here to Melbourne. I'm going to stay here, and I did. And in that time, so I went from traveling, constantly being in, like, warm tropical areas, surfing every day, being super active. I'm like, okay, I'm going to move to Melbourne and be with my girl. I just want to spend time with her, and she had to go to uni, had to go finish school. And so, all right, we're going to go in Melbourne. It's wintertime. I can handle this. I'm cold. And I ended up not surfing for like six months just because it was winter and the beach was two hours away and all these excuses, but I ended up putting on a lot of weight. And my friend came to visit me, like after being in Melbourne for around almost a year, he came and visited me. And he first thing he picked him up at the airport. He's like, what the fuck dude, you're so fat. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Leave it to the friend, leave it to the friend to tell it like it is.
0: Yeah, I've never seen you this big in your whole life. What happened? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you are fat. I was like, uh, okay. And he's like, don't worry. I'm going to take you to training. It's going to be fine. You'll you'll lose weight super fast. And I was like, what is this guy on about? Next day, let me he already looked up a jujitsu academy down the street, took me to jujitsu because little did I know this was his full-blown obsession. And um, took me to jujitsu. I got beat up by little kids basically, but in a really fun and positive way that made me want to come back. And so I started doing jujitsu, got completely obsessed. And this is where the yoga comes in, coming full circle to answer your question that you asked me like five minutes ago. (laughs) But um, I like that kind of answer. Yeah. You know, jujitsu makes you really tight. So I started getting fit and I started training jujitsu literally from, it went from like two to three times a week. I was like, Oh, if I want to get good at this, I need to do this a lot and so I started training every day six days a week and my body got really tight and i started looking into things that would improve my jujitsu and i came upon an Edo portal squat challenge online someone's like oh i'm doing this squat challenge you should try it it's sitting in uh malasana in a squat for 30 minutes for 30 days and i was like that sounds impossible because at this point i had done quite a bit of stuff for my ankle from breaking my leg i shattered my tibia amphibia so ankle mobility was always a bit of a thing and um, I was like, you know, that would be really good for my ankle. I could see how that could help my jujitsu. I'm gonna work on it. And so that became my mission 30 minutes, 30 days. And the first day, it was literally like 30 seconds stand up, move around, 30 seconds stand up, move around until I had done 30 minutes. And I quickly had this super large shift. Just doing the squatting every day shifted pain out of my low back, pain out of my hips opened up my ankles, had more mobility in my hips and ankles than I'd had for years. And all it was, was 30 days in a squat. During this similar ton of time, my wife started going to a hot yoga studio and doing a hot yoga challenge. And this wasn't Bikram, but it was like the Barkin hot method. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but he's one of Bikram's students. And
1: Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Barkin.
0: Yes. Yes. And so we were doing Barkin method classes and- At first she was going and she kept telling me to come. And I was like, yeah, right. I was thinking, I would think to Hawaii and the dreadlocked hippies that did yoga. I was like, yeah, I'm not going into a room with, with those people to do weird stuff. That's cool. And she's like, no, this is going to be really good. I think you'd really like it. And literally she asked me for about a month and every day I said, no. And finally, after lots of persistence, I think there was some sort of sweetener at the end of the deal that definitely made me go. I can't remember what it was, but, um, I went to class and after 30, uh, sorry, after 90, 90 minute class, having my hands on the floor that whole time, and it opened up my forearms and in you, you're constantly using your grip and you're grabbing the kimono and you're using it to throw people and choke people and hold people. So your grips are always overused and fatigued, like RSI basically. And um, that hour in a hot room, opening up my grips and forearms, I felt a shift in my body that I hadn't felt in years. I was like, oh my God. If this is how I feel after one class, I'm going tomorrow. And my wife had done that 30-day challenge. And right away, I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do a 30-day challenge. And so literally, from the first class, I went to the next day and the next day. And that 30 days turned to 60 days, turned to 90 days. And I never stopped going every day. I literally switched from doing strength and conditioning with a strength and conditioning coach in the mornings for my jiu-jitsu. And I just completely switched and did yoga instead. And that was literally the way I approached it. I was like, this is gonna be my modality to look after myself for jujitsu so I can train more jujitsu. I could clearly see that doing strength and conditioning was taking me away from what I actually want to do. I wanted to train more jujitsu. I didn't want to be strong or get bigger muscles. That was not on my on my goal list whatsoever. I just wanted to be good at jujitsu. And so as soon as I noticed yoga was helping me do that way more than strength and conditioning, I was like, pfft. Strengthening conditions. conditions. Oh, i'm doing yoga yeah yeah and it
1: this is interesting because it's like everything. it's it's all you know functional for you up, up until this point like you were you you were experimenting with different um training regimens that were making you feel better and also improving your obsession du jour you know first it was the surfing and then it's the the yeah. jujitsu and it turns out that yoga can actually do more um benefit for your jiu-jitsu than what you thought was building your strength. So at what point mm. did your frame of mind around the yoga start to expand beyond simple or, or mere functionality and into some sort of uh, exploration of the mind and, and layers of consciousness?
0: I started having a consistent practice going every day you're instantly exposed to the teachings of yoga and the studio right. i was going to had a even though they were teaching the hot style they actually had a bunch of teachers that weren't teaching that i don't know if the owner knew but like they were teaching just like a various vinyasa flow some would stick to the hot the Barkin method and then others would just freestyle it and they'd teach us all kinds of cool stuff and and they'd do chanting and things like that and at first the idea of chanting I thought that was like the weirdest stuff ever. And even even oming and saying the word namaste, I was really, really put off by that and even put up a wall. Like for the first, until I learned what namaste meant, I think it would be like maybe six months of doing yoga. I never said namaste. And instead I would say, I love steak instead. <laughs> well, you know what? I yeah, actually, okay. I actually respect that. Sorry. I'm a little bit sorry sarcastic and I thought that was hilarious in my own mind and so I just like smile put my hands together and say I love steak and it kind of sounds like namaste so nobody noticed I, I
1: respect but, that though because you didn't want to say something that you like didn't know what it meant
0: literally and like my my parents are very religious that's the way I was raised and I was raised and I, my dad taught me that meditation is often a gateway to be uh not possess, but allow you to be opened up to spirits to take you over and things like this in his mind. And, or that was his, uh, that was the information he knew at that time. And like I've had conversations now that perception was shifted, but that's what I grew up thinking like meditation and these practices, they open you up for bad spirits to come in or things like that. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying yoga and I was doing these things and I'm, I'm, you know, dad's in the back of my mind, like, don't say that word. You don't know what it means. It might be asking the devil to hang out with you or something. You know, but then as soon as someone explained the meaning of namaste, they broke it down and they are like, this is a symbol of deep respect and honor. It's literally saying that my soul bows to your soul. And when I heard that, it touched something inside because in martial arts and especially in jujitsu, that's literally the clear, I think that's one of the defining pillars in it if you have respect and honor in your heart, you're a martial artist. Mm -hmm. Or if if you are doing these things with malice and anger and bad energy, it's not. You're just being a violent person. Mm -hmm. And so I really connect to that honoring another person, having deep respect. And Mm -hmm. yeah, that that touched me. I was like, oh, I'll say that. That's amazing. And when, when all these things that I thought were super weird were well explained and well taught, It instantly changed my perspective and i really in my own teachings nowadays i don't forget that and whenever i see you know you can read people's energy quite easily when you start talking about certain things you can tell that they're triggered and i often immediately change the language or ask them to change the language in their mind you know with some people the word god or spirituality these words are instant they throw up walls and so I try and find words that are less triggering because I know I've had that same experience in myself. Mm-hmm. And if I see something or say a word that triggers someone, I'll then try and really explain it and give it context and intention. So then people are imp- – they're so empowered when you give them that knowledge. And, it, and the thing in yoga is all these things have such beautiful intentions behind them. And as soon as we share those intentions – i think people drop the barrier and then the magic of yoga which just kind of filters in
1: yeah i think that's really true and one thing that um that speaks to me from your story is that you know you had that same reservation you had the walls up yourself so you know what it's like to to be in that position and to be resistant to something that ultimately you found to be really helpful so I'm sure that that is making its way into your teaching and your approach to trying to you know dig in there with certain people who could have the same resistance that you had. I know that you are very big on getting more men to practice yoga. You you are a, a part of this Boys of Yoga movement, and you know as as a male teacher myself, I, I know that you know as teachers we tend to attract students who see a bit of themselves in in us, right? So. Tell me a little bit about the Boys of Yoga movement and also what it's like to teach men yoga and and things that you've learned from teaching
0: men. So Boys of Yoga is an awesome movement started by a man called Michael James Wong, and he's a good friend. He lives in London, but he's really a global yogi He's from New Zealand, lived in L.A., and just an all-around awesome human, really promoting meditation, mindfulness, and yoga. And so literally being an ambassador to that just means that we work together in promoting the practice of yoga for more men. And we do events and workshops, and Michael's coming here in November, and we're co-teaching Wonderlust with a couple of the boys of yoga. But then after, we're also doing like a and 30-hour advanced teacher training for teaching techniques and intelligent se- sequencing skills. And so there's a bunch of different aspects of the Boise Yoga brand, but at its essence, it's just saying that yoga is for everybody and it's trying to break down these barriers that Yoga is for women only, and that you need to be really flexible, or you have to be able to do handstands, or hold a pose, or look like this. We're just no. This is yoga. You've practiced this in different ways before. You just didn't realize it. Let's let's bring this into the forefront so that everyone can use these tools to live a better life, to have a better human experience.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, and, I, and I've met Michael once before actually. Um, really, really cool guy. And I I see the, the genuine authenticity behind that movement when I talk to
0: him, it's cool to to learn that you're involved. Thanks. Like it's something I'm really excited. when people talk to me about it, I'm like, yes, let's do more. I, I specifically, we did an event in Melbourne at a wonderlust. There was almost 5,000 yogis and we did a team teach and we got a couple guys from the crowd. Michael does this thing he's like it's called stand up sit down so have everyone in the whole crowd stand up so like 5,000 people standing and he's like all the women sit down and you can imagine in a yoga <laughs> event how many guys are left and literally 5,000 people are standing the women sit down and there's like a hundred guys yeah yeah it's just little just islands look yeah look little around
1: islands in a sea of women
0: yeah and they're like and and the and the kind of concept is we need more guys to do this wouldn't your husband brother friend benefit just as much as you and all these people around you look at this energy we're sharing look at how amazing this community is there's something in it for everyone totally yeah and and like that those moments just make me so happy because i can we invited one of these gentlemen from that was standing up to practice on the stage with us. And he still comes to my classes every week. And I still see him every week. And we have this awesome relationship. And I just remember this clear moment on stage, we're doing the group teach, And I look over and that guy's looking at me. And he's like, I F in love yoga! <laughs> and I just laughed so hard. It was just one of these moments I will never forget. It was yeah. so cool. Yeah, it's,
1: it's so interesting that, um, you know, in this day and age um men are underrepresented uh, underrepresented in the yoga practitioner population I, it's definitely growing but um it's interesting because i i just had a conversation with a historian of, of yoga who is doing a project uncovering all of the women in the history of yoga because for a long time it was only the men who were celebrated but now in in contemporary society it's the men who are underrepresented and it's just it shows you how much social conditioning goes into all of this and and people's willingness to put themselves out there and try something different
0: i just listened to that podcast and i was it is so interesting right and How interesting that it was like this is just for men, and you know the conversation is that when I love that in the history the the books they were saying like you could use your chairs or your broomsticks as props, and you guys were chatting about how like that's now a thing on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I thought that was hilarious, but it's so true. You know, like how is it? How has it shifted so much Mm -hmm. that it's a it's a misconception that yoga is just for women? Yeah, I was like, how did we get so far from the mark? yeah, but I'm glad that it's rapidly shifting, and I think I'm sure you see it as well. That has shifted so much in the last few years. Like I think every year it's becoming more and more mainstream and predominant everywhere.
1: yeah, and and it's a great thing. I, I wondered, have you received any kind of heat or or negative feedback for you know promoting men when men are like in generally in the position of power in society?
0: A little bit. Sometimes women are like, what is this? No girls of yoga. And I was like, no, 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 no. Let's draw the line right away and say that it's not about that whatsoever. We want yoga for everyone, everyone. And there is no, we're just trying to remove the little white line that's of chalk that someone put down and said it's for men and women yeah. somewhere in history where there started to become these conditioning, these ideas, these concepts. We're like, oh, that's girly stuff. You got to wear tights and be really feminine or, or like, or put any rules to it at all it's just right it's just a tool to be a better human like how can and as i learned so many of these things through practice i literally question why didn't i learn this stuff in school why weren't breathing techniques taught in school why weren't basic spinal and shoulder and hip movements taught in school so that i can make sure my body functions and i don't walk around sore and in pain because that's naturally going to happen over time yeah it's a good question. It's a good question. These are things. Yeah. So as soon as if I do get any heat and I have heard some, um, some yog yoginis ask me like, what is this about? I really, I kill him with kindness. I said, no, it's not about that. It's about wouldn't you want your, your brother to do this, your dad, your uncle, your partner. Yeah. Wouldn't you want the men in your life to have the same benefit from this practice that you do? And that's what it's exactly it.
1: And that would be my response too. It's like if, if more men are practicing yoga, which is what this movement is about, then actually it's not just the men who are going to benefit. It's, practicing yoga is certainly a privilege and um, not to be taken for granted. But if more men are practicing mm-hmm. yoga, then it's, like it's going to improve the well-being of all of the people in their lives as well, including all the women. Exactly. So let's, let's talk a little bit about your, um, your current practice, you know, cause now you have all of these different, uh, all of these different experiences to draw from. And in a way I could see how that might be paralyzing, you know, the par- the paralysis of choice, but it's also incredibly empowering because you can personalize a practice to your exact, uh, wants and needs. So how are you doing that? How are you melding the surfing with the martial arts, with the yoga, um, both for yourself and also in the way that you teach?
0: I meld it together by trying to stay in balance. And it's just an, it's always shifting and always recalibrating. And it's almost like surfing itself, trying to navigate my life at this point, because it's really fun. And I have all these little factors that I love, like the, and the yoga studio, the yoga studios and the and the business of yoga which is retreats and teacher trainings and teaching classes but then as well managing my own practice and passions and to be honest jiu-jitsu and surfing at this time in my life are not as predominant as the yoga practice and teaching mm-hmm. and i still get to get on the jiu-jitsu mat two to three times every week and i try and surf as much as possible. It's winter now, so I haven't surfed in like a couple weeks. But I try and get into the water as much as I possibly can. But I feel very fortunate that I did spend years and years, decades in the water surfing. I grew up in the water. And the same thing with jujitsu. I was training for about seven years, six days a week, three times a day. And so I put in the hours on the mat to get to a level of understanding and embodiment that I feel like don't, because my practice and my mindfulness practices and my meditation keep me quite strong and present and focused. When I get back into these other things like surfing or jujitsu, I don't ever feel as if I've gone backwards. Uh, And it's interesting. I even feel that I'm continuing to grow even though I'm not practicing as much. It's very cool because I used to have this idea of like, if I'm not doing this every day, I'm going the other way. I'm sliding down the slope. Yeah, I'm going to And I've come it. to have it. Yeah. You're like, oh, if I don't practice this every day, I'm going backwards. And I've started to realize with these things, like I did that work and I'm beyond that point where now I can maintain and there will be a time in my life where they will be more predominant again. But for this moment, I'm really focusing on yoga and studios and teaching and really developing that. That's where I'm really putting my attention. So to keep it balanced... I make sure that my yoga practice and meditation are non-negotiable. And then things like jujitsu, if I'm too fatigued, if my body is telling me to take a break, I will honor that and break so that I can have my energy from my yoga practice. So I'm making priorities there. Nice.
1: Yeah, that's not the answer that I expected, but uh, but I like that a lot. You know, I, I kind of assumed that you were creating some sort of you know cross hybrid of all of these different things, but- I think it's mm. perfectly okay and, and valid to honor phases of the light of your life. You know, you can, something can serve mm-hmm. for some time. And if the passion kind of moves over to something else, you follow that, you know, and, and that keeps you really engaged with, with life and everything that you are working on at that moment it keeps you present. So I like that a lot.
0: Yeah. And that said, when I go to jujitsu and I get on the mats, I'm doing handstand forward rolls and ninja moves and like combining jujitsu and yoga nonstop. and I make all the guys whenever I take class at training I'm making them all do pranayama after class and <laughs> yeah. do like yin style holds and stuff like that and you yeah. know how I do, talk to I like them that? they actually love it they love That's it great. and they're like man we need to do this more I'm like, yes, you do, because and as well in the jujitsu gym, I don't talk to them like they're yogis. I talk to them like they're fighters, and uh-huh. I just tell them straight, like, stop fidgeting. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> they're like, yes, coach, right, coach, and it's yeah. good. Yeah, and, but and you um, don't say namaste, you don't say om, you just give it to them, and and the uh I do say namaste actually, oh, okay. and I, I really educate them on that. And I really try and make it not a weird thing. I'm like, no, this ain't weird. Like, and you know, we're doing puppy pose with cat and cow. And we're like, oh, this looks like a good pose for my girlfriend. I'm like, that's not acceptable.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah? I was like, yeah, maybe it is, but not in this context. This is really good for your spine. Don't make it a thing that's not okay. Yeah. Right. And so I really, you know, because I am the coach and I'm a black belt, I can speak to the room in that way and it they have to respect it. And then it also quickly kills that kind of doesn't perpetuate that stigma. Uh huh.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you come from a place of credibility for them. So there's a mm. responsibility that comes with that authority. And, you know, you, you've stepped into that.
0: Hmm. Like, yeah, let's, let's make this a really positive thing. Yeah. But do I, I do bring some, I, I gotta say, I do combine everything in my life. Cause I don't segregate. I was thinking about it, like in my yoga practice, there are very transitions and movements that I correlate to surfing and martial arts. Mm-hmm. And often I'll, I'll bring little movements into and transitions into the flow. And I'll be like, oh, we do this in jujitsu. But here I want you to breathe through it and really mi- be mindful about this. Mm-hmm. And so there is a crossover. There just can't be. I can't segregate. I'm too, it's all combined in my mind. So there is definitely a bit of um, cross-pollination that kind of makes it a bit of a unique thing. Right. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: What's something that you've got coming up that you're excited about that you'd be um, interested in sharing with the Dharma Talk community?
0: Uh, well, the f- from August to December, our year gets really – that's when we do most of our travel. In August, we go to Thailand and have a yoga retreat there for a week on Koh Samui. That is just exciting. And if anyone would would like to come with us to that, it is Absolute Paradise at this place, Vikasa. I'm pretty sure you would have seen it online. It's where Brioni and Dice do their trainings and universal yoga trainings are held there. It's this amazing, amazing retreat center. And then we're going to Bali catching up with some friends and doing lots of yoga there. I cannot wait for that. Haven't been to Bali in a couple years. We have a retreat in New Zealand at Aroha. And one, I get to hang out with some of my favorite humans ever, Damien and Anna. But as well, I don't know if you've ever, have you been to New Zealand?
1: I have not. I've been to Australia, but I haven't been
0: to New Zealand. Okay. So... South Island, both islands are incredibly stunning, but South Island, New Zealand is absolutely breathtaking. I flew in, the first time I flew in, I was like, how is this three hours away from Australia? And I've never been here. It's absolutely amazing. There's this magnificent mountains that go right into lakes and it's just stunning. It feels like a powerful place. It's one of these places in the world where you go and you instantly feel connected to the to the land. Mm-hmm. It just has an effect on your on your whole being. You walk away feeling deeply connected. So yeah, that's why I'm really excited for our retreats that are coming up in those locations and just various trainings and workshops we have. I'm I'm a bit of a yoga geek and nerd, so I love anatomy and diving deep into all those types of things. That's what I'm excited about.
1: Right on. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like That sounds like just what the doctor ordered getting into nature like that. I mean, I'm speaking to you from New York, which comes with lots of pros, but that is not one of them. You know, we, we are Mm -hmm. so, so, um, densely packed in here into the urban jungle that to get out in nature is, is critical. Yeah. So that'll be really nice. I guess that's one that's, that's a perk of Australia. You're very close to relatively speaking to all of those beautiful tropical destinations.
0: Yeah. Shooting to Southeast Asia is really easy. It's still, you know, six, eight hour flight, but that's not that bad. And then we have places like Fiji and New Zealand that are only three hours away. That's pretty special. Nice.
1: And, uh, apart from getting your message out on the podcast, what are you doing today to live your Dharma?
0: Today I woke up early and sat for my meditation. And did some gratitude journaling and affirmations before sitting with you here. And then I'm going to go to my studio and I'm teaching three, three sessions this morning. I'm teaching meditation, yoga, and or vinyasa flow, and yin yoga. And so I'm going to share... Yep. Yeah, I'm going to share the teachings of yoga and help share my experience and hopefully lift up some other people for the day and make them feel amazing and help them connect to the source within so they can walk out and share that with their communities and brighten up their worlds. That's a beautiful way to spend the
1: day. Can I ask you one more question about that? What type of meditation do you teach?
0: I am a Vedic meditator and I teach one giant mind meditation style, which is a mantra based meditation style. So, yes. Does that mean you assign people mantras? Uh, I give them a mantra. I don't prescribe like in TM or Vedic. It's a specific mantra that we use in the One Giant Mind style that I've been trained in. But for myself, I have a mantra that I have been given by my teacher and that's I what I practice every day. And done.
1: Very good, very good. Thanks for sharing I, I, that
0: yeah I didn't. yeah of course
1: all right well let's move on to the final section of the interview dustin you know already it's the prana round i'm going to ask you six rapid fire questions and ask you to answer in minimum one word or maximum one sentence okay, okay. in one word why do you practice yoga
0: connection to source
1: what's your favorite yoga pose and why
0: handstand because it taught me and continues to teach me so much about focus and complete awareness what's
1: the single best cue or piece of advice that you've ever received from a yoga teacher or surf teacher or jujitsu teacher
0: (laughs) there's literally some some gold lots of gold But I'll share today wisdom from my coach, Carlos. And he says, and I really, I think this doesn't just apply to jujitsu. It applies to surfing and a lot of things. You don't have, all you have to do to be good at this is to show up. Just show up. Just show up.
1: Let that sink in. Just show up. Mm. Yeah, I love that. That's a great one. Recommend one book, modern or ancient, for our audience.
0: Michael Singer's "The Untethered Soul," great book.
1: Is he, wow. well, we've answered this question already, but I'll give you a chance to give a resounding um, put an end, put a nail in the coffin here. Is yoga for everyone?
0: Yes, Everybody if you have a body yoga is for
1: you nice okay last question how can our audience get in touch with you dustin and how can we support you in your dharma
0: you can reach me on the socials uh, d brown yoga or d brown bjj warrior one au for all things yoga studio teaching retreats trainings all that fun stuff and I would love to see you in Melbourne, Australia at one of my yoga studios in person on the mat. That is how you can support me. And I would love to connect with anyone that'd like to chat or talk more about jujitsu. Or if someone's like, you know what? I think you're the guy who's going to convince my male friend, partner, husband, brother to do jujitsu or excuse me, to practice yoga and to do jujitsu. Yeah. Do order to do that'll that'll eventually bring them to yoga in my experience um, send them my way shoot me a message connect them to me and hopefully i can inspire them to get on the mat and practice
1: right on dustin thank you so much i think what you're doing is is great work and i love the way that you have just made everything about your teaching so personal so thanks for sharing with the dharma talk community and i hope that hope that i can see you on uh, the other hemisphere
0: of the globe at some point I know, we need to hang. I would think that would be awesome.
1: Hey, Dharma Talk community. If you enjoyed this podcast and you haven't done so already, please hit the subscribe button right now. And if you'd like to show your support even more, leave me an honest review on iTunes or whatever podcast directory you listen on. You can also make a financial contribution to keep the show up and running. A donation at henrywins.com. remember i'm here to serve you so if you have any questions or comments or ideas you can always reach me on instagram at henry otherwise i'll speak to you next week keep living your dharma